Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Carly continues to get gaslit. We've got Hamilton <laughs> and Harrison, brothers uh, brothers not being able to riff. And you know what? We have guests inside the studio. We'll find out all about that and more next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, it can mean only one thing. That's right, it's the GH Report coming back to you every Sunday night. Well, at least when we're here on After Buzz <laughs> from 67. <to> <laughs> I'm your host, Frank Moran. And I'm your co host, Carla Renata. That we got a, a lot of stuff to talk about here. We'll talk a little bit uh, about some returning cast members coming in back to the series at, towards the end of the episode. And you know what? Uh, we have a little bit of a studio audience. This is exciting. Is uh, it? Yes. <laughs> Carla has brought some guests in. Uh, they're getting an opportunity to see this magic happen live in front of their face. Uh, let's just hear a round of applause for the people here in the room. Let's say, right, come on. Let's, let's hear it. Yes. Oh. Yes. There's nothing like the energy of a live audience. Oh, my God. Go. So, yes. So, you've been playing host, Carla. Yes, I have. There you go. And you decided to show them how the magic happens right here at AfterBuzz. Yes. Yes. So, they they um, came out. Well, actually, today, we I sang at a benefit. So, they went to the benefit with me. And then after the benefit, we came here. And I did the film review show that I do here at uh, Black Hollywood Live with Scott Menzel. We did Black Tomatoes. And now I'm in here with you. I know what a what a terrible way to end your Sunday. <laughs> I understand. Uh, you and your guests and the viewers all have that in common. Yes. So, uh, I, and I'm sure, as a proper host, and with your love for General Hospital, the only thing that you did is while they were there, you made sure they watch every episode of General Hospital with you this week. Um, no. Of course, of course you did. <laughs> uh, that's right. And because we're going to talk all about it in just a moment here. Why don't we jump in to a uh, really great storyline? Uh, we started off the week there with uh, Maxie. She's still pregnant. She's carrying Nathan's child. Yes. But, you know, uh, she's still dealing with how do you handle the loss of your true love. Yes. And you've got everybody, friends and family, kind of wanting to be there. But yeah. you're really kind of just like, yeah. This is the thing. So... All of that you said is absolutely correct, but this is the thing that's killing me. So Nina is she's like single white female with a pregnant lady <laughs> when it comes to Maxie. She will not leave Maxie alone. And they had that moment at the hospital where um Nina thought she showed up late for one of Maxie's appointments and Maxie was like, mm, "No, you didn't show up late. I just didn't tell you." I was like, "Ooh, Maxie, that's Trey Shade." And then not only did she do that, but she was kind of like, you know, you do everything. Like, I just, you know, and then th- and then after she goes, oh, you do everything. Then she went in after she basically told Nina, you're creeping me out. Not in these words, but, but basically she was like, I don't really need you here. And then talked about how wonderful Peter has been being there for her. I'm like, but I think that Nina is um, obsessive about Maxie being pregnant because she can't have babies. So there's that. And then we were discussing off the air that she's doubly 
um, super all over smothery with Maxie because it is her niece or nephew that's coming into the world from her dead brother. So there's that. But, you know, I kind of love that Maxie, <laughs> Maxie went in on her and was like, mm, no, I'm good. But Peter, that Peter, he's great. He does this and he does that. And I'm like, mm. Well, how would you feel if you put yourself in uh, <coughs> Nina's shoes, where a close friend, almost you know, practically a sister to you, is now hanging out with somebody that is giving her comfort, but you're not a particular fan of? Would you just keep your distance and let her have that friendship, or would you kind of like, no, 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 this person's bad. I got to do what I can to get this person away from her, even though I know she likes him. There would be part of me that would be like. There will be part of me that might be a little jealous of that, you know, friendship because now this person is taking time away from our time. So I might be a little jealous about that. But at the same time, if I know that the person that she's taking up time with is sh- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 80 and really means her no good, then I might make it my mission just to prove myself right, to prove why I think this person is no good and why you shouldn't be hanging with them, just so I'd be like, I told you so. I mean, it certainly feels like at least uh, one of Nina's, and I don't know if it's just an overall excuse, but uh, that uh, <laughs> Peter Peter's her boss. So that alone, and there's that too. Like, hello, me too. Time's up. What are you doing? Well, you can a, a boss cannot be a friend with an employee. Okay, so it's a fine line. A boss can be a friend with an employee, but considering the fact that we're in the age and the the energy and the tension that we're in now with people with the whole time's up, me too, it's kind of creepy that you're spending all this time with your employee. It's It's just weird. It's like, I need both of them to take a step back. I need Peter and Nina to just take a step back and chill out and let Maxie, you know, have some breathing space. Because she might have a nervous breakdown or something on both of them. She might snap. We don't know what's going to happen with her. She's in a fragile state of mind. I mean, remember when she, she that same, the same week, she went to the police station for the first time. And she sat in Nathan's chair. She saw the little Yankees cup. And then she went and sat in the chair and was having a moment in the chair, all doughy-eyed. And, and this is the thing that cracked me up about that. How are you just going to walk in the police station and sit in the chair and nobody going to say anything to you? What, they going to give you a pass because your husband died? Whoa! Like really? You just gonna you just gonna waltz up into the you just gonna waltz you and your belly just gonna waltz up into the police station well, and nobody's gonna say anything to you wait, and, like and let you, you sit at the desk? Of course they are. She just came there to get to take a medal of valor for Nathan. Everybody knows that Nathan died. Everybody, everybody knows Maxie. Why would you not? Why would you stop her from just coming in to sit in this old chair? Look, we living in dangerous times. She she should not be just rolling up in the police station when she feel like it. She don't work there. Her husband did. Oh, get out of here, man! It, you would think that I was talking with that <laughs> that kind of comment right there. Holy I know cow. you're rubbing off on me, Frank. Look what the that. hell? Uh, but I mean, Maxie's not the only one. I mean, that that's a revolving door at the PCPD. Everybody and anybody can just waltz right in there. They it's can get like rid of- Charlie's. 
Yeah. It's like, when did the PCPD become Charlie's? It's like, is it the new pub in Port Charles? I don't understand. Everybody can get in there. Every, especially <laughs> Susan Russell said PCPD is the worst. It is. Yeah, you can just get yourself into the interrogation room with no hassle whatsoever. <laughs> Please tell me another police department where it's that easy to get in and talk to somebody in the interrogation Uh-oh, room. Oh, Kelly, Kelly Public Cover went, went left on us. She said, Kiki and Bench is weird. Maxie and Peter is not. Kelly, you don't think it's weird for... Um, for Maxie and Peter to be, you know, that close and she, um, he's her boss, like, that's weird. Come on. Well, yeah, but you have to understand from his point of view, it's also a lot of guilt and remorse about what happened with Nathan. Then he just should be rolling in into town getting people killed. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, but he's not, as of this moment. <laughs> she said, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water, girl. Water. <laughs> water. <laughs> You think it'd be a lot of tea that she was drinking? Like she's just spilling it out here. See, even Stuart Pierce said, "I was shocked no one even said hello to her." That's what I'm saying. No, hey. you were saying, "Why did they let her get all the way into that desk and sit, but that's, sit but down?" That, but what I well, okay, let me clarify. What I meant was, how you just gonna roll up into the PCPD? Nobody said hi, Maxie. So sorry for your loss. Nobody says anything. She just rolls up in there, belly and all, and goes and sits behind the desk, and nobody says anything. Like I, really? But I would assume all those things happen after the fact because she was there at the beginning, and then we cut to after the fact of her getting the medal. So I'm sure a lot of people said something off camera. I needed to see that on camera. Right. You needed to see just people saying hello to her hello. to acknowledge her hello. presence. She just like she rolled up in there like. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought that Maxie was a ghost rolling up in there. I'm like, come on. Just like nobody said anything. It was like she was invisible. Should she have demanded attention? Look when at you, me. When, no, Look when at someone me. walks in, no, when someone walks into a room, you go, hi. Like when someone's presence walks into a room, you acknowledge their presence by speaking to them. I've never had that happen to Okay, me. of course you haven't because no. it's you. Yeah, that's right. I'll never know. I'll never, I'll never know what it's like. To be greeted warmly by people. Oh, Ke- Kelly. Kelly, you are reading me tonight. What's going on? How you pronounce your name? Public cover? Public cover? <laughs> <laughs> I know I am so close. I'm not drinking, though. I swear I'm, I'm just drinking water. So we also have uh, Bench and Kiki. And we kind of tied that. We brought that in. We're talking about like, yeah. two different uh, sides that is of the creepy. Me thing. Uh, we see uh, Bench and Kiki. Kiki wants to have a chat with them about everything that happened last week, that weird kiss that they got going on that Bench gave her. Uh, so she asks him to meet her over at Kelly's. And have a conversation. She wants to back out of the shadow program now. Right. And well, Bench wouldn't is, you? Bench's thought was, well, of course. Uh, but Bench says that, you know, I apologize. I, you were sending me mixed signals. And so I thought you were interested in me. That's why I did this. But he also apologizes as well and says, don't let an opportunity like this pass you by. This uh, the shadow program is fantastic. And she, uh, so at least right now we left it that Kiki has never really has agreed or disagreed to not be in the shadow program anymore. And I thought Bench was going to be kind of an upright guy. Uh, no. That he was like, hey, I apologize if I overstepped my bounds. No. I shouldn't have done that. I will back off. I, we knew he wasn't going to be upright. We knew he wasn't going to be upright when he sat in the office that time and and said, oh, I, I thought we saw things the same. I thought we were on the same page. And then he walks away and basically said without saying that I thought you wanted what I wanted. I thought you wanted to hook up. He basically says that to her without straight up saying that to her. And then she's got that look on her face like, no. <laughs> well, she does say... Uh, you, you saw how I didn't want you to give me that uh, that back massage. <laughs> and his, his response, mm-hmm. I thought you were just fighting your feelings. 
Like, mm, yeah. I am not mm. fighting my feelings. First of all, you are like 100 years old compared to me. What is wrong with you? And you're a doctor. What is the problem? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what is that? But you don't believe in that May-September romance? We've we've gone through this before. Yeah. No. So, but at the end, at least at the end of the conversation with the Kellys, it did seem like he was being apologetic for what he did and was going to take a step back and leave her alone and just keep it as a strictly professional relationship. We know that's not true. But then at the end of it, we see him replaying the voicemail that she left him, and he decides to save it. So I don't know why if Doctor certainly Doctor Bench is not being completely altruistic in his motives. He's shady boots. He is who somebody said Kelly said Bench is creepy with a capital C. That's exactly what he is. He is shady. He is trady McShady. He is just wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I I'm, I don't know exactly where this is happening. Uh, where this storyline is heading. So I, but I guess we'll have to. Uh, <laughs> we we'll just have on. to watch it play out. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I hope it doesn't play out in the respect that something bad happens with um. With Kiki or or with him, I don't want to see either one of the characters gone because I like the characters. I just don't like him being that creepy. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, we know that uh, uh, the actress that plays Kiki, she's been cast in the Pretty Little Liars. Uh, oh, well, then she's spin-off. out of there. Well, I don't, but who knows exactly? I don't know how big of a role her if it's more of a reoccurring role that she has in there or not. But uh, I, what, how much that will impact what, how often she's seen a general hospital remains to be seen. Well, Pretty Little Liars is a single camera show, and General Hospital is is single camera, so she can't be in both places at the same time because to shoot both of them at the same time is impossible, you know, just from a scheduling perspective. Because single camera shows, they work from like they do twelve to eighteen hour days. Pretty Little Liars does, and I know the soaps work that long. I know they their call time at General Hospital most of the time is like five six o'clock in the morning, and some of them don't leave there until ten twelve o'clock at night. Yeah, I mean the nice thing about it is that uh, oh there you go, as Kelly says, she's doing both Pretty Liars and GH. Oh, but she is. is? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, maybe they worked it. Maybe they worked it out where she does so many days at GH and so many days at Pretty. I mean, look. I'm all for a sister keeping a gig and two gigs. I'm all for Miss Haley having two jobs. Hey, hey, big ups. But, you know, I know she's tired. Is she anything like me running around like a fool all over Hollywood? I know she's broke down. So, But I'm glad she got a job. But if, if Pretty Little Liars ends up taking her off of GH, I'll be sad because I really like her on GH. Drew, uh, but I, I feel like GH has done a... A, and that's a great job about taking characters that we really like and then just kind of phasing them out and then eventually like, hey, it's been a long time since we've seen them. And certainly Haley's got other obligations as well now with the spinoff. But yeah. uh, I hate for it to be kind of just kind of slowly just kind of trickle off and then we're just – she's just. I don't on. think they would slowly trickle her off. <clears throat> you think they would do that to her really? I would hope that. But then I also thought they wouldn't do that to Dylan. And then they kind oh. of gave – They kind of just like – Robert Palmer Watkins <laughs> just kind of like – They just kind of – Got rid of Dylan, and we just, like, never saw him again. Like, he left town, and that was it. I was like, oh, yeah. I like Dylan. Uh, now, speaking of Kiki, we, of course, got her mom, Ava. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the big thing for her this week is that, uh, you know, we've, we've seen Griffin kind of struggling with the DNA results that he's got about Peter Augustus really Heinrich. Yes. So before we get to, to Peter and Griffin's conversation, uh, we'll just jump forward to uh, Ava, of course, she, as we talked didn't about I last tell, week. Didn't I tell you? I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I The fact that, well, one, that Griffin, I don't know why he doesn't say to her, you know, as a doctor, there's just some things I just can't uh, ethically share with anyone else. 
Well, she said she said to him, I know you can't share this, you know, patient conf- confidentiality. So she knew whether he said it to her or not. She knew when he when she, remember when she was standing there with the results in her hand yeah. before she handed them back to him. She said that to him. So she know what time it is. She just nosy. She just had to see what was in that envelope. Yeah, just couldn't it, help herself. The, now, if you were if you were dating a medical professional and they were kind of in the same situation that Griffin was, <laughs> where they had some big thing, would you be mad that they couldn't? Like, sure, you can't share, share this ethically, but you know, I'm your boo. You could share it with me. <laughs> wait, I used that right? Didn't I? Wait, let's just <laughs> let's just back that up. You did not say I'm your boo. That's right. Oh, Frank Moran, I can't. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, wait. Kelly said they dropped Dylan like a bucket of dirty laundry. Oh, Ooh, ouch. That's harsh, Kelly. <laughs> but let's just, let's just get back to Frank saying, I'm your boo. Okay, wait. Let me just yeah. let that settle in for a let second. Let it settle. Okay. Let it settle. <laughs> um, no. I would not. Because when you're, when you're dating somebody that's that type of professional and... Or if you're engaged or married to that person, it's an understood fact that they have patient confidentiality agreements. There's, would you want your doctor telling their boo your personal business? No. So you shouldn't expect your your boo, who's the doctor, to tell you. That's just not cool. In the real world, yes. Uh, and certainly for I In think, the soap I'm, world, it just doesn't fly that way. I know. I know. <laughs> but it was, it, it was irritating for that. It was like Ava just could not take that. Like, I don't, I'm still mad that you can't. I don't know why you just can't tell me. Like, but it was what? the look on. But it was all about uh. that look on her face. With that, I'm, I was like, she going She's gonna look. She's gonna. Yeah, he gonna nail her to the wall for peeking because she. He specifically. Well, he didn't tell her not to. He just told her that he couldn't share it with her. Well, yeah, and, and I completely trust you. I completely trust you. So he leaves it at the end of the week where he takes the envelope out of the uh, the, mani- the the white envelope out of the big Manila envelope. Right. And then says, you know, I'm gonna in the morning. I'm gonna destroy this. And she says, well, why not just destroy it now? Which is what I'm saying. Just destroy it now. He should have destroyed it after he uh, after that conversation they had the first time. Like it should have been gone. Yeah. And so he says, well, you know, I, I ordered this test in in a hasty maneuver. I don't want to also destroy the results in a similar fashion. So then he just puts it in his in his little uh, his man bag and goes to take a shower. And then of course Ava goes and takes a look. You knew she was gonna peek. She's because, like I said again. Yet again, she's nosy. She is nosy. And she's going to figure out how to work that. She always looks, she always peeks, and then she always figures out a way to make it work to her advantage. But, but it's also like, what is this information going to gain her? I'm also trying to think what kind of leverage is I've been trying to figure that one. I'm with you on that one. I've been trying to figure that one out myself. Like, I, didn't, I could not understand what was her vested interest in seeing what was in this envelope because the names weren't in the envelope. It just said patient A and patient B, right? It didn't say who it was. But in the actual paperwork that it has, it just says that, it, uh, yeah. It, it did say it who did it say, was? Yeah, uh. it did say the names, yeah. Oh, because the last time I saw her peeking, it just had the, it still had the patient A, patient B thing up there. Oh, I missed that. Okay. So, yeah. So, so now Ava knows about it. And I feel like, one, it's going to probably break her and Griffin up. Oh, most sure. definitely, because he's not going to tolerate that. But it's also got to put herself in some sort of jeopardy as well, too. And I'm trying to figure out why. It's going to wh- put her in a tailspin. It's going to put her in a tailspin emotionally, because the whole time she's been with him, she's always been, she's always communicated that she's so afraid he's going to leave her, and he's constantly had to reassure her that nothing would break them up. And then yet and still, she's the reason that they're going to break up because of something that she did. Right? And she was always... Remember there was the moment where she thought he was cheating on her with Kiki? Yeah. 
And then there was some other more. And then she, every time she turned around, she was walking in with him and Kiki somewhere. And she was all up in his face about it. And they were like, you're being ridiculous. Now, who's being ridiculous? You peeking in his business. And then when he breaks up with you, why are you going to be surprised by that? Because that was just foul. Yeah, I don't know if they, I, it doesn't feel like she's going to have anything to gain by going to Peter directly and saying, hey, I know this information. No, she's not going to, I don't think she's going to go and tell him. I think it's going to blow up in her face like everything else does. But at some point, because either she's going to tell Griffin or she's going to tell somebody else who's going to tell other people and it's going to get traced back to her. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out what Ava's motive is. Now that she's seen that information, what does she do with it? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what she's going to do with it. But I guarantee you, the the fallout from it is going to be really juicy. I can't oh, wait to see. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, now, speaking for the search for Heinrich, of course, we've got uh, Anna and Jason teaming up. Yes. Uh, with Spinelli. Spinelli's already in Europe doing his, uh, <laughs> his big European tour, uh, <laughs> posing as Heinrich. <laughs> I, I, w- I wish we could just see how that's going. I'm sure it's... They have got to do some scenes with that. I mean, for nothing else but for c- pure comedy pleasure. Because you know he's going to do or say something that's just going to be purely comical and just mess everything up. And he's going to end up in danger. Somebody's going to have to go save him. You know how that rolls. What's the odds of that uh, part of his disguise is glasses? <laughs> uh, that's uh, the, the, the cheap soap to go to. If you're posing as somebody that you're not really supposed he's gonna to be. He's going to wear glasses. He's wearing glasses. <laughs> I'm a completely different person now. Oh, no. Well, who is that? I miss the old Letha, Lethal, Ava. Now she's a low-rent Faith Roscoe. Ooh, Miss Bubbles. That's harsh. It's true, but Uh. it's harsh. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So Jason and Anna are trying to figure out what they are, what what the deal is with Heinrich. And they both had different reasons for wanting to figure it out. And so Anna... I feel like Jason certainly be more forthcoming about why he wants to find right, it. but, but Anna, Anna's like, I just want to make sure. Help for, is it for the Huntington's uh, disease that she wants? Oh, Kensington. To make? Yeah, she wants to make sure that he knows about this health thing. Yeah, but I think that's part of it. But I also think she just wants to see what the son between her and Faison actually looks like. Like, what kind of person did this person turn out to be? Are they more like her? Are they more like him? Did the parts of him that terrorized everybody in Poor Charles, did that kind of live on in um, Faison's son? Or did those qualities kind of go by the wayside? That's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But based on Peter's reaction last week when um, uh, Griffin uh, confronted him, I think he's going to be end up being a little bit like, I think it's going to be Faison 2.0. Man, I... I would hope not. I hope they'd be a little bit more nuanced in what happens with him. I don't know. Don't you think? Didn't you see that scene where he went in on him and he and he started yelling and screaming and running around the room? I'm like, mm, it's looking a little phazonish to me. Well, but I mean, I guess if you, you know, I'm trying to look at it from Peter's point of view. I mean, you came in there kind of you know, secretive. You've also found out that your doctor has run a test that you didn't authorize, is now coming to you and saying, "Hey, guess what? I know who you really are." Well. Yeah, but did he really think he was going to keep that under his hat? Well, yeah, but I think so. He does. Is Griffin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, of course, Griffin, we saw him skulking around, wanting to maybe think about telling Anna, then here's Anna and Jason talking, so he doesn't. But instead, he goes and defrec- uh, confronts Peter directly. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you doing this, Griffin? What are you expecting to happen out of this conversation? Okay, so this is my theory about that. So Griffin used to be a priest, right? I think he couldn't walk around with the guilt. 
I think that was him just walk trying to purge the guilt by going to the source and saying something. I could be wrong. Maybe. But I'm thinking that priest thing kind of like is still some of that, that the residue of that is still kind of present. So he's kind of like, I just have to say something. Because every time they showed him looking at the results, he looked like he was just going to burst if he didn't tell somebody. And he had made a decision that he wasn't going to tell Ava because secretly, deep down inside, he knew he couldn't trust Ava, and Ava proved him right. So I don't I don't know how he thought that was going to play out either with him just going up in his face and going, Aha! I know who you are. I'm like, hmm. I don't know if that was a good move, dude. But what I did like is I was really expecting that we, <coughs> that all of a sudden we see Peter just kind of do a complete heel turn and all of a sudden become like this maniacal Heinrich say, uh, yeah, Faison. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, then we're going to see this. He, he's doing a 180, becomes completely maniacal, like either abducts or possibly kills Griffin. That would go that far, but this one I did like. I that. thought I, I thought it was going that way. I thought he was going. I thought he was going to take him out for a split second, didn't you? Yeah, I thought he, I, we'd see him kind of. We'd see like the real Heinrich, but we didn't. No, we didn't. So I was disappointed in that. But no, no. But but actually, I'm actually excited about that because at least that means that it's he's it's just not. There's more levels to Peter, which I'm excited to see. But I don't want it to be just a one note like, oh, now that you found out who I really am. Now there's something stopping me from being like a really evil dude. He's like the Incredible Hulk of General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh. It's just funny. So for now, Griffin is not going to say anything. He's going to allow Peter to try to make reparations. And then at some point, uh, well, Griffin at least instructs him, like, you know, the sooner you tell people who yeah, you really are, the better he's like, Because sooner or later, somebody else is going to figure it out, and it's not going to be good for you when they do. And he's right about that. True. I mean, it's better, better for you to come forward than let somebody else kind of share mm-hmm. out your secret there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also trying to keep him in check, too. It's like, uh, I'll give you a chance to show that you're really trying to be an up-and-up person. But if I see you doing anything that's shady, mm-hmm. then I'm, gonna, I'm coming out. Which brings me, let me just swing it back to this point. So I forget who it was that Nina was talking to. She was talking to somebody in the hospital when she tried to kick the wall. Remember when she was kicking the wall? That was wall? Griffin. Okay, so it was Griffin. So she's sitting there talking to Griffin, and she's like, don't you think it's odd that we don't know anything else about Peter August other than his name? We don't know where he grew up. We don't know where he came here from. We don't know anything about him. And I'm thinking, but she's saying this to Griffin, and Griffin knows what time it is, right? He knows who Peter August is. And I'm thinking, guilt-wise, how come he just didn't tell her? Why didn't he just tell her? they in the hospital. He sees that she has a vested interest in Peter not having this relationship with Maxie. Why didn't he just say something? Well, I mean, I guess as he told Ava, it's not his secret to tell. Mm. You know, it's still that kind of ethical boundaries of a doctor. This is true, but I'm feeling, don't you feel like at some point, he it's just going to bust out and he's not going to do it on purpose? Because, you know, I think if he keeps, if he holds it in any longer, I think he's accidentally, it's just going to slip out. Maybe. I mean, I feel like that conversation with Nina is what prompted him to go talk to uh, Peter directly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after hearing Peter's kind of impassioned rebuttal, mm-hmm. at least that's kind of put him off. I'm like, all right, you know, just if you keep, if you really are on the up and up, I'll, I'll stay quiet. Because and, and then when he said to Maxie, uh, not Maxie, when he said to Peter about what do you think Maxie's going to do when she finds out that you knew about this all along and you're getting all close to her? Like, do you think he might? Do you think? When Maxie, because Maxie will eventually find out who he is. What do you think is going to happen with Maxie when she finds out? You think she's going to snap? You think she might lose the baby? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I don't think she'll lose the baby, but, I, I mean, how? 
I don't. <laughs> uh-uh, even, why even, are you laughing? Because <laughs> even if Peter said like, "All right, you're right. I should tell her right now." I mean, it's too late. I mean, it like Maxie would totally distance herself from him. So, the longer he doesn't say anything, the worse it's going to be for her hmm. when she finds out that I. It'll be. Inter- I don't know. I mean, of course, it's soap, so you can write it to any way that you want it, so that you know they. The initial reveal is going to really anger Maxie and keep her away, and then they could always just do something where. You know, he still steps up even when she hates him and does something incredibly heroic to help her in some fashion. And then Kelly brings up a good point. Nina had hired Curtis to investigate Peter. So I think that's going to come back to bite her in the butt because whenever she mentions anything about Peter to, um, what's her husband's name? I can't remember. Valentine. Valentine. Whenever she mentions that to Valentine, he always gets this look on his face. What do you think he's going to say when she tells him, you know, I hired Curtis to investigate Peter? Because eventually that's going to swing back around to him, too. Oh, no, Valentine. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people getting their uh, their butts bit by this one <laughs> when it comes out. You are killing me. You said boo. You saying butts bit. Butts you bit. Really, I'm rubbing off on you, apparently. <laughs> Valentine uh, knows him. Nina's going to find out. Yeah. Now, folks, you know, uh, we're having fun here. But, you know, if you want to have fun and learn and grow in all areas of your life, you know what? For those who do, you know, we have a podcast just for you. Conversations with Marie Menounos Podcast Edition is created and hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder and drops every single Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Marie Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life. From health and wellness, career and relationships, finances, and more, let our Maria be the big sister you never had. So just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Marie Menounos for free. And when you do, let her know it was the people over here at the GH Report that got you there. Conversations with Marie Menounos Podcast Edition. Check it out. I love to watch you do that. It is so awesome. Please, no. No. (laughs) I can hear the boos from our studio audience right now, right? Boo. (laughs) All right, that was just me. I just booed myself. You know what? Yeah, you did boo yourself. Um, So... I'm looking at the chat comments, and I'm looking at Rena Sheen saying, for Anna being a spy, she should have found out who Peter is by now. You know what? That's a good point. Like, she a pretty bad spy. She can't figure that out. Like, I'm just saying. Uh, all right. Let's, let, I want to dive into Anna a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Because uh, ever, she, for the longest time, has just been in storylines that have just been all about just angst. And, it, you know, I mean, Fanola Hughes is fantastic. Uh, she's a fantastic actress, and she can cry like nobody's business. And did you know this about Fanola Hughes? <clears throat> did you know she was in the original Cats in the UK? Did you know this? Look at that. Yeah, she was in Cats, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats in the UK. She was the original white cat. And then from that, she got hired by Sylvester Stallone for to be staying his... alive? Yes, yes. Oh, boy. I know. For, oh, what a, what a leap for that. It was a cat. <laughs> I said a leap. You're welcome. I, oh, wow. But I'm just saying, I. She is. I said that to piggyback off the fact that you said she's a great actress, but she's also a great dancer too. So she's a, a multi hyphenate. I mean, she also directs as well. She does. Uh, writes, I'm sure, uh, produces stuff. Uh, but as Anna, been a lot of angst uh, for the yeah. for ever since I feel like the the Duke's death. Since then on, it's been a lot of angst because first it was about getting Julian Jerome, then all of a sudden Caesar Frazan came back in, so it was dealing with that as well. 
Uh, there's been dalliances with hopefully like a little light in her life uh, in terms of romance. Uh, and certainly there is the grieving process. I mean, Duke was pretty much one of the highlights. It's probably one of the loves of her life, probably the love of her life, at least to this point. Yeah, I would say that was the love of her life. And then they, um, they, then they had her. They romantically they tried to hook her up with Dr. Andre. <laughs> Uh, Which I, I was like, mm. I still kind of think that's probably going to play out at some point. That, that because they're like, a little too tight. No, that was they a relationship. They're spending yeah. a lot of time together, so I'm like, mm, you can't spend that much time with somebody. And I'd be like, hey, how you doing? No, I mean, I, I loved it at the uh, at the beginning. I thought that would have been a great pairing, and they just did not decide to go that route. And so uh, then they uh, they put her together with Finn for a while, and they kind of set up the old classic. Uh, soap trope where it's you know two people working together because they have to and then eventually find out that they really have something in common and they fall in love. Yeah, but this is the thing that's annoying me about that whole storyline. So I'm like, they keep doing this thing where Alexis is pretending to be in a relationship, Finn is pretending to be in a relationship, and nobody is hooking up with who they want to hook up with. I'm like, let's just have it happen already. Yeah, like, it, enough already. That's getting on my nerves. I would agree. I, this is, I feel, it's just, I feel, I feel like the one thing that GH loves to do and Excels, and I'm not saying that as a compliment, is just uh, putting breaks and impediments into relationships, uh, romantic relationships from developing. It gets frustrating. Yeah. I'm, I'm, mm. And so I feel like all we're seeing is more of the angst side of Anna, and I would like to just see something that's going to give her some light and joy and see just some other more facets. I mean, certainly we've got Robin and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, we've got her granddaughter as well, which is nice, but they're rarely on. So no. you don't get to see that, those moments that no. often. Mm-mm. So it would be nice to just see her in a romantic relationship. I, relationship because I like to see see some more shades of Anna than mm-hmm. just you know the angst ridden, uh, you know, vengeful or just you know kind of seeking not justice kind of parts of her character. Yeah, and I, I think that again they're they're weak they're they are weakening her character as well because you are right she's always angst she's always I got to find this out I got to do this I'm like oh can we just like can we just have happy ever after for her just once? Can we just see her be happy and have sunshine rainbows and lollipops for her just one time? I just need to see it just once. Yeah, and, and it's not saying that I, I, you know, I need her to all of a sudden you know, get married and have all this stuff, though, because it's a soap and you can't have uh, somebody be happy all the time. There's got to be drama. Well, not happy all the time, yeah. but she's never happy. It's not. It's and it's just. It's it's a shame to watch because I know there's more more sides of that character, and I'd like to see other sides come out just to give us a a break. I know from all that. But, Speaking of giving a break, so, so um, Sam, <laughs> your favorite character of all time. Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> Sam rolls up on Drew and says that she's leaving. Couldn't happen faster. Wow, Frank. Really? Yeah. Really? Yep. You don't hate them that much, do you? Really? I, I, together, I, I have zero vested interest in Sam with anybody. <laughs> I, I don't. I, 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 I'm tired of Sam. I am, and and this now this Sam's going to find herself. You know, I'm fine if she takes seven or eight years to come back. Oh no, yes. I like Jay Sam. You know this. Oh, I know. But let's just address the fight that they are having in the chat room about Franco. <laughs> they are having a fight about Franco's storyline in the chat room. So we've got Franco, uh, you know, trying a hypnotherapy as a way to kind of help him kind of address the issues that he's trying to overcome so he can be a better person for Elizabeth, Jake, and, and the rest of the boys there. So, And when was the last time we saw Jake? Like, what's up with that? We saw Jake this week. 
comes by to say hi to Franco there at the hospital, give him a, you know, show him that he won this cool award. <laughs> it seemed like we see Jake like once a month. Right, yeah. we see Danny like every other episode, but we see Jake like once a month. What's up with that? He was he was on he was uh, in heavy rotation back uh, in that first storyline where he was hypnotized and working for Helena. I know, but since then it's been like, where's Jake? Yeah, we well, see Elizabeth all the time, but we never see Jake. Like, what's up with that? Isn't that her kid? Uh, well, we what's fi- going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Well, you we- just rolling around through Port Charles without your child. I'm just no, saying. No, come on. I, she, I, I, like with all soap opera children, they're off being <laughs> well taken care of by a babysitter or a nanny. <laughs> but uh, so we get Franco uh, working with Kevin Collins to try to unlock this with hypnotherapy for mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, in the meantime, we're you know the name is mentioned about good old my two dads. And I did like you say like like what your explanation was without they set up the great scene. They're talking about my two dads, and then my two dads shows up. <laughs> Mr. Harvey, and then he shows up. That made me laugh because they were doing that whole voiceover where Franco's like, oh, he'll he'll never show his face in this town again. <laughs> and then you see him getting off the elevator at um, GH looking at his phone and looking all shady. I'm like, that was so cheesy. Yeah. I loved it, though. It was cheesy down, but I loved it. It was it, funny. The weirdest thing for me is that it's been, gosh, maybe like a week or so since uh, Betsy Frank has been rescued, or at least a couple weeks, since she was rescued out of the uh, my two dad's house mm-hmm. by Curtis and Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they've kept the Franco at, an arm, at a distance from her. I'm like, can she just tell him what's happening? I noticed that. Like, he's seen her, what, once? He hasn't seen her. Didn't he they, see her once in the hospital? They, no, they haven't chatted at all. I could have sworn she. I want to see. I want to see Bobby. Can I I'd like to see Bobby? I could have sworn she Bobby saw him her. in the hospital at least one time. Didn't she see like she was in the hospital? I could have sworn I saw a scene where she was asleep, and she rolled over and he was in the room. You don't remember that scene? I, uh, I, I as far as I'm, they have not had. No, they because because that's the whole thing I've been waiting for. <laughs> Bj and the bear is for <laughs> for them to be in the same room together so she can finally tell him. Everything that she's been wanting to tell him. Because it's getting annoying. Yeah, that's getting on my nerves, too. They wasted Jim Harvey. Kevin Pham is going in tonight. He is letting everybody have it. He said they wasted Jim Harvey, vilifying him just to promote Franco. Meanwhile, we lose Jeannie Francis for the whole aspect of that Franco promotion storyline. It's a waste. Uh, Kevin Pham, you are a diehard Jeannie Francis fan. Wakanda to you, my brother. Wakanda, I'm just saying. <laughs> so uh, Betsy Frank is just that. Her, the way that she takes forever to, to dole out information is just getting so frustrated. Frustrating with that character. Yeah, what's frustrating with me about Betsy is that there's always some scene where she's like, "I have to speak to Franco. I have to speak to Franco," and then they cut the commercial and they go to somebody else's storyline, and then we don't see her for the rest of the show. Yeah. I'm like, can she just spit it out already? And I promise you, when it, when she finally does spit out whatever it is she has to say. We're going to be like, really? That was it? Well, I mean, she did spit it out, but we didn't get to hear it this week. But that's what I'm saying. She finally tells Drew, and as she goes to tell Drew what the real deal is that happened with uh, he and Bobby and uh, my two dads back in the day, and that basement with those stairs, (laughs) we cut the audio, and we see... uh, Drew's back to the camera, and we see Betsy starting to t- start telling him, but the camera starts backing out of the room, and everything is silent, so we don't hear what Betsy is saying. But that's what I'm saying. We haven't heard her spit it out. No. You're right. She spit it out, but we didn't hear it. I'm like, I need for us to hear it so yeah. that we can get on with our lives, because I'm just saying, it's ridiculous. 
Michael Pham said, I'm sorry it had to be said, his rant. Look, yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm like, I'm right there with you. We here. I'm just saying. Uh, and then so we even cut to the scene there uh, afterwards where uh, Drew will tell Kevin, like, you know what? Betsy finally told me what the deal is. I'm not going to say what it is, Kevin. <laughs> I won't tell you. Uh, but I'll just let you know that Betsy did tell me. So that's just please stop drawing this out. But regardless, we do get uh, a bunch of dads there at the hospital to uh, to take out Betsy. She doesn't get a chance to do. He doesn't get a chance to do that because Drew's in the room with her. So he goes downstairs and tries to kidnap Elizabeth and Jake. And Jake, well, I, this I, I appreciated this because at least Elizabeth was smart in this. He wants to get both Elizabeth and Jake into the car and for them to drive off with him. And so she starts playing along for a second, and then says, "Jake, you're gonna do whatever I say, right?" He listen to me, listen to me, and then she tells Jake to run. And I'm like, that's great. Jake is going to run into the hospital, try to scream for help, get something help. He doesn't. He ends up coming back. <laughs> oh, I'm like, Jake, why did you come back? Why? Uh, regardless, though, at least it delays it long enough for Franco to show up. And Franco starts going to town on my two dads. Uh, just As well he should. Yeah. Uh, but before anything can really happen, of course, my two dads gets a drop on him and is taking him somewhere. So now the hunt is on to see where uh, my two dads and Franco are. That whole story, I'm with Kevin Fam. That whole storyline, it's like womp womp womp. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like watching paint dry. I can't. It's really dragged out. It and is. It's like watching paint dry. It is so. It's not so much that it's boring. It's that it's just drawn out within an inch of his life. Like, they give you, like, a little nugget here, a little nugget there, a little nugget here. And then they just keep you hanging. And I'm just like, the storyline is not that interesting to keep me hanging. Like, I don't want to come back and see what Betsy said. I could care. I could give two squats what Betsy got to say at this point. Because they <laughs> they done dragged it out for months. I'm like, ooh, who cares? I, ooh, I can't. Uh, so, but at least what I think this seems to be doing is that it's going to put uh, Drew and Franco in a good place to have some sort of friendship. To have Drew, who had Jason's memories, to somebody that kind of really hated Franco, to now come to the point where it's... I would like to see that happen. Yeah. I that, would like to see Franco have a friend that's a man in Port Charles, because he has none. Yeah. Really. That are dependable, so to speak. So that would be nice. And they kind of, and they, they've kind of dropped, somebody in the chat room said this too, they've kind of dropped the ball with, uh... Drew's character since they announced that he wasn't Jason. Like, I think they've been fishing, kind of swimming down the stream to figure out what to do with his character because the fans really like him on the show. And I think the writers really like writing for him because he's a, he's a superb actor. But I don't think they've quite found the right storyline to hook him into to get us hooked into him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see does it have anything to do with Oscar? Does it have anything to do with Kim? Kim certainly is pining for Drew. It's so a love of life and a love of her life. And Oscar's all about like, hey, let's get let's get the the band back together. Let's get <laughs> let's get you and Drew and we're all hanging out and having fun. I don't know. I kind of like her with Julian though. Julian likes her with Julian. Yeah, he does. He comes over for a little boots calls. Wow, you and the slang are killing me tonight. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah. Now, oh, wait, let, well, let's see what Kevin Pham's saying again. He said, I wanted Drew to fight for Sam, but they're making it hard to root for Drew, so I give up on Drew. He's not the character I thought he was going to be for Sam. But you, mm. yeah, I, it's I interesting to that. see how Jason feels 
about how Drew's and Sam relationship was. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with what he was saying. Uh, where that it was just basically Sam wasn't herself. Sam was uh, always on pins and needles, always looking to uh, to make sure that Drew was happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. This is what I believe about Sam. I believe Sam doesn't know who she is, and I believe she would conform her personality to whoever she was with. So when she was with Drew, she would do whatever she needed to do to make Drew comfortable, and when she was with Jason, she would do whatever she needed to do to make Jason comfortable. And when when you find a woman that's doing that, they don't, they're not secure in who they are and they don't know who they are. So she good to leave town to figure out who, who the hell she is. Cause she is lost and they have punked her out on general hospital and I'm not having it. Uh, as we're getting ready to, uh, <laughs> they said, I'm <laughs> Carla, you are rubbing off on Frank, your brother from another mother. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, one last storyline I want to touch on real quick okay. is the continuing gaslighting of Carly by Nell. This storyline is so stupid. It's so stupid, and it drives me bonkers. Watching paint dry yet again. I can't. So we see Carly and Bobby talking at the Metro Court and about, like, all these things that are happening with Carly. And, you know, at no point, even Bobby, who was even the most uber suspicious of Nell when she first came into town, if somebody's trying to mess around with Carly, why that Nell never comes up in their minds at all as somebody that could be doing this? But then Bobby brought up this point, too. She brought up that when she lost BJ, she was seeing things and hearing things and thought that, that certain things were happening because her mind was playing tricks on her due to the grief. And Carly was like, no. I had the scarf in my hand. I felt the scarf. And you're right. They never did discuss Nell. Now, Bobby know good and well that Nell is the one doing that, and Carly know too. And that's the thing about the storyline that's pissing me off. It's like they both know. Why doesn't somebody say it? It's uh, It's annoying. It is annoying. And so we get a little bit where Carly goes back to her old house waiting for the inspector, and Nell just conveniently is always, like, lurking in the shadows and hears (laughs) this. I can't stand her lurking in the shadows. It's so annoying. And goes, and within a matter of, like, a couple hours, like, is able to get into the house and establish this really elaborate ruse to think, like, somebody's in the house. Uh, The lights are flickering on and off. You know, a a jacket appears. A baseball mitt is moving around the room. Uh, and then she ducks out of it. And I was so hoping that she was, when she was going to duck out of the house, that she that Bobby, fell. Or that she fell or something. <laughs> or at least that Bobby was coming home. And so she'd finally be caught so we could expose this. Because this, it's, it's. It's another one that's dragging out way too long. I can't. It's like, I want Carly to find out that Nell is doing this so that Carly can smack her upside her head. Because you know how I feel about Nell. I can't stand Nell. She gets on my nerves. She's like uh, uh, Rebecca DeMornay ah, <laughs> from go. The Hand to Rock the Cradle. I can't. I cannot with, with fake Rebecca uh. DeMornay on General Hospital. I can't take it. She's getting on my nerves. Well, I feel like cause really, at least right now relationships between her and Michael are very amicable in terms of the baby. But I feel like once this gets exposed, it's going to be Michael's going to be making a hardcore press to want to take her to court to get the rights of the child all to himself. And I feel like that – it seems to me at least that's where the storyline is to get like a really heated court case. But don't you think she'll do something to Michael before it even gets to a court case? If I can't have you, no one can. Well, she already remember when he had the date, and she was like, "He said, he said, she said something to him, and he said that's not my problem." And and as he walked away, she was like, "Oh, but it is your problem, Michael." I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) I can't, I can't with her right now." Uh, So, folks, uh, before we wrap up, just a little bit of casting news. Yeah, time flies when we're uh, talking about booze and biting butts. 
great wow. stuff we're talking about in the GH report today, huh? <laughs> wow. And I said that in the presence of guests. Wow. Yeah, you did. I apologize No, to you don't. That was, no, you don't. That was tasteless of me. Uh, what else is new? Okay. Uh, but some quick casting news, as I said at the beginning of the episode. We've got Brooklyn Ray Silzer is coming back playing Emma. We talked about as well as Tristan Rogers coming back, which I'm excited about. Robert Yay, Scorpio. I love him as Robert Scorpio. He's one Can't of my wait. favorites. Yes, so uh, we'll get back there. Of course, going to be on the trail. Uh, he and Anna on the trail of some Heinrich shenanigans. Uh, but Robert, I alone, hope they don't stretch this out. I can't take oh, it. Of course they will. It's uh, it'll just be awesome to have Robert in there, and then they won't find out what they're looking for, and then Robert just disappears for a while. <laughs> It'll be it'll be great to see him while he's there, and then frustrating that he goes. Maybe Robin will have to come back and save them both. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah, of the GH report. This was great. Let's go to our studio audience. How did we do? <laughs> oh, they they loved us. They loved us. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking us out here on the GH report. You know, as always, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Feel free to give it a thumbs up while you're there. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. You make it so much more fun to do the show. Yeah. We get to see what your thoughts are and, uh, you know, see if we agree or disagree. Yeah. And I am your co-host, Carla Renata. You can check me out here every Sunday with my boy, Frank, doing the, you know, the rants and the raves on General Hospital. Or you can check me over at Black Tomatoes on the hour before the GH Report and check out the film reviews we got over there. That's right. That's Carla's favorite show. She comes here to do that show, and she regrettably... Has to do the show. Thank you, Rena Sheen. Clap, clap, clap to you too. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of GH Report. We'll be back next Sunday night with another new edition right here on After Buzz TV. And thanks to our studio audience for joining us today. Deuces. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 